Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the Blue Water Climate Control of AllQuest.com podcast. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubbs. Don't forget our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. They can take care of you with all of your needs, everything that you have going on with your AC unit. They can take care of that from a clean out to a complete change out in unit if you need to. Blue Water Climate Control are the experts. They can take care of you for whatever you need. Give them a call today at area code 865 899-2290 or visit them online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. Lots to get into as uh, the Tennessee baseball team is on their way uh, later this week to Omaha, Nebraska for the College World Series. Tennessee gets a football commitment. They've got a commitment committed player coming back in to help recruit. They've got basketball recruits in town as well. Lots to talk about in this edition of the podcast. So guys, let's jump right into baseball right out of the gate. We all took in in a bit of a different fashion over the weekend, the super regional, we were not there to cover it as, as Ben and Ryan had full coverage of that. And uh, you can find out all the things you need to know about baseball in their podcast that um, uh, came out yesterday. And uh, we'll have full baseball coverage leading up to the co- start of the college world series and uh, obviously coverage from Omaha as well. But um, just your thoughts on the scene, just your thoughts on, what you kind of took in with the super regional in Tennessee sweeping LSU. I mean, do you want the like the perspective from the big money people like you and you and AP out in the porch, or do you want more of the working man's perspective from, from somebody in the stands behind home plate? Well, I mean, you, you sat behind, I mean, you sat in high roller seats behind home plate. I mean, I don't know what season ticket holder you used to get to those seats, but um yeah give us from your vantage point Rob. Since, was, you, since you were so deprived with a chair back seat there behind home plate <laughs> was, uh, at least you had a seat up and i had to stand the whole time uh it, i mean it was a lot of fun i mean this this the past two weekends are the first time that i mean and, and i know it's the same for for you guys but you know although ap has been to a couple of basketball games but this is the first time i've been to, with my kids to a ut sporting event since i mean ever and the first time I've been to a, a game where I wasn't working since the 2001 Kelly Washington game. And uh, just the enthusiasm, man. I mean, the, I mean, it, I would put it up there with, with Neyland Stadium when it's rocking. I mean, there's, you know, Tennessee, diehard Tennessee fans or diehard Tennessee fans. And it was, I mean, people were into it. I, you know, before the game, the energy was high. I mean, the energy level during, you know, during the late in the game when Tennessee went ahead Saturday night, it was just, off the charts and then you know it was a totally different game on Sunday but just you know kind of it, just revelry I mean I, I, I was really impressed I and mean, it was just a real fun big time atmosphere and you can only imagine what it would be like if there were you know 10,000 people in there instead of 4,300 or whatever it was oh well yeah they're gonna definitely do some expansion to that stadium Brent and It'll be interesting to see how they do it. Obviously, I, they don't have really room to go out, so it's going to be more like Neyland Stadium, which means go up, which means you're going to kind of be on top of it, you know, from a you know from a fan attendance standpoint, which I think can make it really even cooler than it already is. So um, I, I thought the, the atmosphere was was phenomenal. Um, I know you know on Sunday when you know I was there, and I'm sure it was much the same on Saturday night when you were there. I mean, it was a party scene on the porch and. Uh, you know, everybody was having a big time and, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it, it was, uh, you know, it, it was, it, it was fun to go to a, an event like that and not be working and just be able to kind of shoot the bull and relax. And, 
enjoy the game and and that type of thing because so much you know of what we do you're 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 focused in on the exact action you know if I was talking and missed a single it was okay yeah yeah if you missed something it was it was certainly different to cut to not cover but just to participate in you know I thought the atmosphere was great I think two things stood out to me that I come away with uh, from from a bigger picture standpoint, not not talking about what happened on the field and winning, one is how big how big is big enough, and how big is too big when you talk about expansion, and and I think that's a fascinating question and discussion for Danny White and, and Tony Vitello to have. Um, I, obviously, Tennessee wants to do, and Danny White wants to do what needs to be done, and they're going to do it, whether Tony Vitello's here or not. But, but assuming Tony Vitello's here, he's going to have a big hand in that. So I think the big, one of the big questions I come away with is what, what's the size? What does it need to be? I mean, look, Mississippi State was awesome on, on Monday night, right? They had 15,000 people there. They're not getting 15,000 people there every SEC weekend and midweek games. So there are some games at Mississippi State. I'm sure that stadium feels way too big. So the question becomes, to me, how big is big enough, but not too big? And eight. I think that's an interesting debate and an interesting discussion point. You say eight? I say eight. I mean, everybody's going to say 10 because that's kind of the, the, you know, you're going and taking it to, you know, well, that's five LSU, figures. Ole Miss, you know. what's Arkansas is a little over 11. Eight, eight doubles you. Again, I think it depends, depends on how many – out in the outfield, they're going to do more of those porches all the way around. How many levels are they going to do? Are they going to do two or are they going to do three? Are they going to be some kind of permanent structure as opposed to, you know, yeah, they'll have, yeah, they'll have, they will certainly. I mean, th- that's going to be a huge upgrade out there. They're, they're going to turn those into some kind of, you know, outdoor club suites that's going to be, I can see those things being presented by somebody as a corporate sponsor. You know, you get, you get a local company to provide each of them, all those with a grill, you know, and you can do those things upright. But, but again, I, I think you're saying eight. What do you think, Rob? I think eight. I mean, I think 10 is the absolute max, but I'm with AP. Eight, eight doesn't sound like much, but you're doubling your capacity. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a lot. I, I mean, mean I, I think eight's a good starter spot. And nobody's saying that, hey, if the demand's there, you can't go back in a couple of years and, you know, add, add on again. But I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I think you make make a good point. What's too much? I mean, you don't want you don't want to pull out the black curtains like they did in Thompson Bowling Arena, you know, for years and years. Yep. It's, that's, and and you look around the the league in all sports, and you look around the country in all sports. Everybody's downsizing for 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 for, for the purpose of putting in more amenities. You know, I mean, Neyland Stadium, as we know, is going to be smaller because as we had in the war room, they're going to lose, you know, three thousand or. or move 3,000 donors, 3,000 season ticket holders in the West area where the, the chairbacks are going in. And obviously there's 1,200 or so that's going to be moved around uh, where the Jumbotron is going to go in in the, north, in the North end. So getting smaller is not a bad thing. It changed the dynamics of Thompson Bowling Arena in a very positive way for, for Tennessee basketball. So I do think you have to be careful that. The second thing that I came away with and, and – being a part of that on, on, on Friday or Saturday night, particularly before it rained when um, the outdoor block party was really hopping and really going. What, what, a, what a needed experience, I think, for Danny White and his administration 
to get a true sense of where this fan base is. I mentioned this in the chat. Not, not that, not that Danny White had a necessarily a false sense, but, but I don't know that he had a, a, a real idea of what this fan base craves. And I think Saturday and Sunday showed him both outside the stadium and inside the stadium, just how hungry this fan base is for some success. I think that was important for him to see. I agree. And it, I mean, it was, ta- and, you know, knowing it, hearing about it is different than actually seeing it. I mean, it was tangible. That, and, and, you know, it was mobilized and hats off to him because that thing was mobilized in what, two or three days? Oh, if that, I mean, basically from conception a day. to from yeah. conception to implementation. Too many people over there for too long have just have, have looked at no as the as the easy out. No, can't do it. It's a great idea, but no. Like the idea, but no, not enough time, not enough this, not enough that. And that's been the administration after administration over there. So I, I think to pull off what they did again, you know. You have to give them credit because, again, people have brought similar ideas, maybe not that exact idea, but similar ideas to other stuff over the last 12 or 15 years, and it's got no traction. Well, and I'll say this too, hats off to his staff for not just turning it in a day, but they also kept it simple. They, 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 didn't, yeah. they didn't go too far. Look, what, what do you need for a block party? You need a screen, right? You need a place to put some food chairs. and beverages. You need some food and beverages. And that's what they provided. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't anything really beyond that, but you didn't need anything beyond that. So hats off to them for, for not really doing anything more than that, but just servicing what the people needed to, to be a part of, of the environment and be around. And, and I, I agree with you guys. I mean, too many times the answer would have been no, or, Hey, that's a good idea. If we'd have had more time with that, we, that could have really worked. They said, all right, let's do this and, and mobilize and figure out a way to do it. And Danny White mobilized it. His staff did a good job putting it together. So, um, you know, that was just hats off to them for that. We'll see how this baseball team does uh, w- when they get to the College World Series and, and what this thing potentially turns into. A lot of people are going to be talking up Tennessee in a big time way. As we know, to win one of those deals, you got to stay in the winner's bracket as long as you can. So winning that first one is extremely important if Tennessee – they play on Sunday. If they were to win the first one, they do not play again until Tuesday. So, again, we'll have full coverage and continue to follow that. Let's bounce around a little recruiting here. First of all, uh, let's start on the hoops front, Rob. Tennessee had uh, B.J. Edwards in for an unofficial. They got another official visitor in um, heading, heading out of town later today, right? Yeah, um, Jalen Hood-Chefano, um, two-guard shooting guard, highly, really highly regarded, number 31 player in the country. Um, he's in today or in as we probably gone by the time you're listening to this, but um, it's, he leaves I mean, on it's, Tuesday, <laughs> leaves on Tuesday. It's been a, it's been a big month. I mean, just to start off with Brandon Miller, undoubtedly the top prospect in the state, number 10 overall to dip into Texas and get a kid like Kassan Jackson up here who everybody in Texas wants Kentucky's in on Arkansas, Kansas, number 16 ranked player in the country. And then, you know, to have DJ Edwards, you know, not that he had to go drive, drive very far, but when he couldn't work out the schedule to make Tennessee his first official visit of the recruiting season, he came over unofficially to spit the day, hanging out with the coaches and the players with his mother. And then he'll be back at the end of the month. So it's been, I mean, football's been impressive for the volume of, of guys that they've gotten on campus and are continuing to get. Basketball has been really impressive just from the, the sheer quality. I mean, you got – 
you're going to have four guys on campus ranked in the top 32, two five stars, and and BJ, who's been a priority target for you for seemingly forever now. I mean, that's it's pretty strong. Now, Rob, can can those guys who have visited can they all come back for a second official visit? Yep. Is this consi- because the recruiting, but because the recruiting calendar doesn't change until July one? Are all these visits considered junior visits, even though they're going into their senior year? Yes, they are. They consider until July one is the cutoff date, and that's right. because of the dead period. And then yeah. August, August flips the clock, flips the calendar to, to your senior year visits. So, so they're gonna be able to, yeah, they're going to be able to get everybody back in on campus for a fall visit to see a football game and everything before the November signing period, right? Yep. So they get two opportunities to wine them and dine them in five months, essentially. Yep. And two opportunities to, you know, see how they fit in, you know, with the team. With you know, what's what's mom and dad? What are mom and dad like? Is dad going to be a headache? Is the kid worth dealing? You know, dealing with that? You just get a. You, you get a lot of information and a lot of one-on-one time, a lot of personal time with the, with the guys. It's so much different than football. Did, did, did basketball give anything up in recruiting to get that rule in place? Um, did anything change with the recruiting calendar? To, I, mean, to I, I wouldn't visits? say this was a trade-off necessarily, but they lost um, time. Unless I'm mistaken, they lost time in July and swapped it for what, I'm, what I, I've talked about are these um, high school showcases that, that state that are run by state at like, you know, the TWSAA version of Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, where it's an evaluation weekend at a live event, but it's only high actual high school teams. It's not an AU event where, you know, you get five kids with high major offers playing together. It's, you know, it's BJ Edwards is actually playing with his Knox Catholic teammates. So it's not the same kind of showcase, not the same kind of opportunity to evaluate, prospects against the kind of kids they'll be playing at at the next level and, and again i don't think that was a trade-off but it was a little it took a little away from the shoe companies and kind of put it tried, tried to put a little more at high school in the hand try to put a little more power in the hands of high school coaches but i don't really think it's moved the needle very much in that regard all right so that's the latest on the hoops recruiting front one other thing to to mention too uh, the B-Maze Elite uh, group is hosting a showcase event at William Blunt High School on July the 3rd. Um, BJ, BJ Edwards is going to be a part of that and playing that game. Uh, that'll be at 5 o'clock. He'll play that. Then the alumni game is at 6 o'clock. Um, that is on Thursday to July the 3rd. Um, doors open for that thing at 315. They've got a 13U exhibition game going to take place before that. Uh, you can find out more online about that. I'll have I'll post a little something about it on the general's quarters as well. Chance for Tennessee fans to see one of Tennessee's top targets uh, playing and and what's becoming more and more popular, not just for B Mays, but a lot of these co- a lot of these teams around the country are putting these quote showcase games together um, to try to match up some of the some of the best teams um, that, and, and the best prospects they that they can out there. Again, that's going to be on July the third. So we'll have more information I, I, on that. I don't know about you, Rob, but I think B.J. Edwards against the William Blunt alumni team. No, I think B.J. Edwards. Did I, say, I didn't say William Blunt alumni team. Did I? I said the Tennessee alumni game. When, right? when, when's he taking on the Gibbs alumni team? Oh, you get that all confused. I didn't say that wrong, did I? I no. no, you didn't. You game. didn't. I'm just messing. I got you. I just thought I might have messed that up and said that wrong. I when you said the alumni game, I'm like alumni, <laughs> William Blunt alumni. <laughs> hey, when I was in middle school, they played a donkey basketball game. Did y'all ever have one of those festivities? 
Where you no, had can't where, say we did. Where the teachers were, the, where they brought these donkeys in to play basketball, and the teachers were on the. I guess, I guess I'm old. I'd officially That's a Corrington thing, Hub. <laughs> All right, thanks very much. Appreciate that. All right, let's move on to football recruiting here. Um, How old are you? How much older are you than me? Uh, I'm the oldest 46 year old person on the planet. All I know is, is, is we just got to keep this thing very positive. Okay, we got to keep it positive. We can't talk about the negativities. We cannot be able to. We can't really kind of show depth of a story. You Not know, after I keep slot through six paragraphs of absolute slush today. <laughs> All right, let's just get on muck raking. Just muck raking. <laughs> on on to to football recruiting we go. Tennessee hosting seven official visitors over the weekend. They'll have a bunch more coming in this weekend. Uh, be heavy offensive line this weekend, kind of highlighting things. Tennessee picks up a football commit this weekend. Austin, were you surprised that they got to commit? What's your takeaway from Tennessee's, what I would consider their first big weekend in recruiting from an official visitor standpoint? Not surprised at all. Um, Dylan Sampson, someone the staff liked a lot. Um, you know, they like Jalen Glover too, but I don't, I, I, I think it was so close that first in wins. It's as simple as that. And, you know, I don't think that it was something like, you know, had Jalen Glover wanted to commit the first weekend, he's probably in. He wanted to take visits, and Dylan Sampson felt comfortable with Tennessee, and, and Tennessee's ecstatic because they do feel like the speed that, that Sampson brings is is pretty special. Um, and so Tennessee will continue to recruit other running backs. It'll be slim, though. Like, they're going to recruit, you know, Branson Robinson, see if they can, you know, hit a grand slam in that one, you know, Probably not, you know, very likely. And then they'll continue to recruit Dallin Hayden. But again, Dallin's still yet to set up any kind of a visit up here. So, I mean, you know, until that happens, it's hard to look at that as a, a serious thing. And I mean, you know, he, there's been talk about it, but nothing's ever been set in stone. So, you know, right now, I think Tennessee's got their lone running back in this class, unless one of those two were to want to come. And then, I, mean, I, I watched this film after the, this weekend. That kid, I mean, you mentioned his speed, AP, but he, he can fly. He's no Ja'Cory Williams. He's what? He's, what did, you just, did you just say Ja'Cory Williams? He just dropped a Ja'Cory Williams reference on here. Um, speaking of Louisiana, if you're Tennessee, Austin, do you have worries that LSU might come calling? I mean, I think you have to worry about that at any okay. point when you're taking a kid out of one of those states. But at the same time, LSU, um, you know, they've got such a loaded backfield and – you know, normally they get, you know, upper echelon guys. And I don't think right now he's viewed as such by an, a team like LSU. Okay. What about the and rest more, of the it's more, it's more about the fit for, for you know, for Dylan than okay. in, in Heupel's offense. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the other visitors that, that were in town. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Uh, is, is it is it Elick? Elick. Ellick, the, the wide receiver from up in Massachusetts, good-looking kid, Notre Dame. Good-looking kid. The, Notre Dame, probably the front runner there. Well, they're, they're in hot pursuit. Um, okay. And so, I, you know, I, I do think that, you know, he'll visit there coming up here in a couple of weeks. He was headed to the West Coast when he left, left Knoxville. But someone who's quickly rising in, in the recruiting ranks, um, originally from Canada, uh, does know Josh Palmer's story. Um, and, and obviously Tennessee impressed him, but yeah, I mean, I, he's going to take a bunch of visits the next few weeks. How much does the Tennessee visit wear off? That's my question. I mean, he, he liked Tennessee a lot. Again, I just, 
I think that the visit, you know, going going early probably does not help Tennessee. Does it help or hurt Tennessee with Ben Roberts, the kid from Utah? Or is it just, I, I, is that just a long shot for Tennessee, regardless of when he visits? I don't think it, I don't think with him it necessarily matters when he visits. I thought it was weird that he flew in, was flying all the way back to Utah to fly back to Virginia Tech. Like, why would you not have just had, you know, Tennessee fly, you know, fly you or rent your car to go up to Blacksburg and then fly from there back home? Yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of back and forth. Um, it'll tire the parents out. Um, you know, interesting. The dad, you know, the, or you know, the kid pretty vocal about you know where the dad wants him to play and that's at tennessee um so that at least gives to me tennessee a better shot than i thought um he was not as big as i thought he would be um good looking kid you know really good looking kid but i you know he was more muscle than he was girth you know whereas you know you know bishop thomas was more girth and less muscle all right, and then finally, uh, you know, big, the other biggest news or name for me out of that was was the fact that Taven Jackson made it very clear, I'm home. This is, you know, this is where I'm at. I'm not interested in anybody else, and I'm going to make it my home the next two weekends, which I think is big for Tennessee. The fact that he's going to come down here, he's bringing his teammate down next weekend, but he's coming back to try to help some of these line and recruit some of these linemen that are coming in the next two weeks. I think that's a big deal for Tennessee. I I thought his personality. And visiting with him, Austin, face to face, seemed like a guy that that people could get on board with. I'm not saying he's going to land him a bunch of recruits, but I think he has the ability to recruit pretty effectively for Tennessee. At least that was my takeaway from talking to him. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I thought the most interesting part was is he's not bringing Caden Curry down. Caden Curry and his family are coming down, and he's coming with them. That's good, Mike. I think that's more influential that, that their family is coming down and he is riding with them. And then he can you know, not only have an impact on Caden Curry, but he can also recruit Addison Nichols, Ryan Brubaker, so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, it, that's, that's kind of where I'm, you know, most impressed with him. But I mean, yeah, I, he, he was very clear and, and steadfast that, you know, he had found his place. And he's a legit six four. I mean, he's a big kid. I mean, yeah, he's, I he's got big kid is size. really good. I mean, just I've I've watched his huddle stuff several times just for fun and showed it, you know, shown it to other people. I mean, I I don't know that people are talking enough about how big of a deal that is to nail that kid down in in the spring before his senior year. Rob, if you call that fun, we're going to have to get you out of that basement you're currently in, <laughs> branch you out, and have a little more fun. <laughs> Go to Paper Mill Road and beyond. Could be interesting. No, I'm with you, though. I mean, don't you agree? Don't you agree, Austin? It's a wilderness. It's a wilderness past Paper Mill. <laughs> it's a wilderness. <laughs> it's a jungle out there. Uh, but, I mean, I'm with you, Rob. I mean, I think his, I think his tape is very – is good. I think, it's, I think he's a guy who can throw it from different arm angles if need to. I'm not saying he's, you know, Patrick Mahomes or anything like that. But I think he's a guy who can make some plays with his legs. I think he can clearly throw it well enough. Um, I, I understand why Josh Heupel and, and Tennessee like him and, and to get him to commit early and, and before he ever saw Tennessee was an, impressive. And he, he came away from his visit at Tennessee, even more impressed with Tennessee than he was when he committed to him, which obviously is a good thing. You would expect that. Uh, but it was, um, it, it was a good weekend and an important weekend for him and, and his family on the official visit, Tennessee with several other unofficials in Austin, 
that's kind of going to be the way of the norm here, right? Kids coming in for unofficial visits. Some of them are just going to kind of walk around. And then the NCAA allowing this, um, the, the ability to have a private workout, um, essentially, is changing the camp scene a little bit. Tennessee's had several of those, quote, private workouts. We know Roddy Garner had a couple last week that he offered uh, two kids from Florida uh, out of those individual uh, private workout deals. Those are going to continue the rest of the month. Um, it's basically somebody in every day, right, Austin? And that kind of how it plays out right now? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, Tennessee's constantly, you know, getting, you know, and doing a pretty solid job of getting unofficial visitors here. But, I mean, when you look at who actually actually works out in camps, it's, you know, not like you would think. But, again, I think that's just uh, the, the pandemic has kind of changed how all that, you know, goes about. You know, I mean, anybody that's – got what they want in 22 that why would you work out what and in what way does that help you it can only hurt you it cannot it cannot help you really at all unless you are trying to earn a particular offer so you know in, in my mind you know as we've talked about it's always going to be the next cycle and the two cycles ahead that'll be camping or working out the current campers aren't going to do it and so you know Tennessee's doing a nice job of getting unofficial visitors here um, be interested to see what happens with K-Ron Perty, uh, the uh, DB from Kansas. He's coming in this weekend, and, uh, you know, he was at South Carolina last weekend. Tennessee's got a real chance to uh, leave a big impression on him here um, in what is a big official visit weekend. You feel like Ohio hey, State is still the school there? Is still the other major player, Ohio State? Well, based off people I've talked to, I know South Carolina felt really confident, but, you know, I mean, I saw – three crystal balls for Ryan Brubaker in South Carolina too. And I'm not saying he's not going there. I'm just saying like, it seems like they feel like they're getting everybody at this point. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. Is the private workout thing, is that a COVID concession that goes away after this year? Or is that a I, no, I mean, I, you know, that's, and that's the next point I was going to bring up. I think that's really interesting to see what the NCAA is going to do with that moving forward. If they're going to continue to allow that, because there's some, there's some prospects who like it because they get complete, you know, individual attention from a coach. Um, they don't have to go through the rigors of an all-day camp where, you know, you got to run through, you know, all these, you know, drills. And, and I mean, coach is going to let the guy see. They're going to do what they want to specifically for that kid to see. So a lot of the kids like it. And I think some of the coaches like it. I think one of the downsides to it is it can be sporadic. And what I mean by that is kid rolls into town, and coach talks him into working out, then all of a sudden you're scrambling around to get your video crews there to record it. You're scrambling around to get out your equipment there. I think there's some little bit of a headache or a potential headache there from a management of that. So we'll see what the NCAA does with it moving forward. It's just hard to take things away with, when you're the NCAA, Rob. When you start something, I mean, how many rules have they walked back on? You know, that was that was a one time thing. I mean, generally, once those things go into effect, they're kind of in effect. You know, they, they don't there's not a lot of one year experiment. OK, we're not going to do that anymore. We're well, backing and, off that deal. And in a world where we're about to like let college kids make money off their name, image and likeness, that seems like pretty small potatoes. Yep. I mean, I think private there's a, <laughs> yep, I think there's a lot of fish to fry that are that are beyond private workouts for sure. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I would imagine it's here to stay. Do we think that we could get one of these? recruits one of these prospects to do a private workout in the, one of the new ball quest gate 21 t-shirts i don't know have you unveiled those puppies 
I did put them on the board right after the chat last night. So getting a good response from it. And I think they like the fact that I want to do more than one version over time with different things like best places to eat in Destin on a shirt, 995 on a shirt, story written on a shirt. We'll do the hubs 50 gif on a shirt. Think oh, there's some copyright infringements on that. All right. The Rob, the Rob Lewis reacted to what was it? Who's the offensive coordinator? Oh crap. Like when he said, when he mentioned John Gruden's name, Larry Scott. Larry Scott. I wanted to say Tony Scott. I knew that wasn't it. I, I, I still maintain that, you know, I've had a few friends that are like, hey, I'm going to change my handle on VolQuest. What should I be? And I'm like, well, I think you should either be Jesse's Jorts or Rob's Coffee Mug. I mean, I think that would be would just be dynamic. Well, while we're talking about T-shirts, everybody, let the records show that Austin Price is podcasting tonight in an Atlanta Athletic Club T-shirt. And a T-shirt that he bought at a place he can't wear it to, so that's, that's all true. you. That's all you need to know about the athletic club. And let it be known that's not that true. don't listen to Jonathan Hutton. Rob Lewis is in a hooded sweatshirt, and I'm in a long sleeve T-shirt. So that's how life's going for 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 us these days on a 90 degree day. <laughs> uh, plenty of coverage coming up on recruiting. Uh, plenty of baseball coverage coming up throughout the week. Of course, we have the Mailbag Podcast coming up on Thursday. War Room on Friday, continue to track camp visitors, continue to track official visitors. Just a ton of stuff going on in a crazy busy June uh, that's only gotten busier thanks to the play of Tony Vitello's baseball team as, again, they head to Omaha, Nebraska to start the College World Series on Sunday. That's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.